buying health insurance is like being in the middle of a dholak you know the instrument dholak uh, the <laughs> thing where you bang on both sides na yeah. it's like being in the middle of that because you're caught between two corporate establishments one is the hospital who is trying to get as much money from you as possible as much money from the insurer as possible and the other is the insurer who is uh, trying to pay as little as possible to you and to the hospital so you are caught between these two guys and that's the evil so you have to negotiate that evil with awareness there's no other way uh, because uh, unless you have crores and crores of net worth you can't say i don't need insurance i don't need health insurance right that's uh, so you need it but the you need to fight both these guys and the way to fight these establishments is by awareness to know your rights to know the terms and conditions of the policy and of course when you apply for the policy no matter what that agent tells you you should tell the truth this is that off spin original you've all been waiting for it's time for let's get rich with patu Hello and welcome to the third month of Let's Get Rich with Pattu. We would not have made it here without your support, with your without your contributions, your questions and your and your genuine participation, right? Whether you send in a quick line or two and we've got a line recently from at the rate lies truths thanking us so much, thanking Pattu so much for how he gave Liar's Truth's perspective about buying a home and the thoughts that are so important about that. And that's an episode we've done a few weeks ago. and so we're realizing slowly and by the way we have a bit of an announcement towards the end of the episode about our presence on youtube um we realize that episodes done in the past are still being consumed i guess that's the magic of podcasts so thank you we we should not start this third month without thanking all our listeners and i'm sure pattu agrees um and before we bring pattu in on this episode you know the show is entirely about financial health right and on today's episode it's entirely about your physical health and how if you don't take it seriously enough it could ruin your financial health as well but let's go to the first question of today's episode and that is pattu hi how are you hi i'm i'm great i thank everybody who has listened in and uh, sent us feedback and that keeps us going pattu you notice how every human being who genuinely meets somebody they haven't met in your in my case it's you after a week the first question a human being asks another is always how are you right and it's it comes from a place of wanting to know how you're doing physically mentally i guess and it's all about health it's such an important thing for human beings uh and perhaps it's not thought about enough financially am i right about that absolutely yeah we're in a we're in such a hurry to uh you know find the balance and everything make more money find time for leisure etc that we often ignore the most important asset that we have which is our health right so medical insurance is our topic uh and full disclaimer this might run into two episodes because uh pattu's put in several pages of notes i've got one page full of questions so brace yourselves this might spill over into two episodes but i'm sure you'll be thankful for it so i'd like to start this episode part 2 if you'll allow me with a few personal anecdotes 
right? Um, there are very many things that I, about being Indian and particularly about living in India that I bless my stars for, right? And very high on that list is our medical system. And I'll start with a few anecdotes. Let's start, for example, in New York. Uh, I'm very close to my brother-in-law. He, unfortunately, a few years ago was suffering from thyroid cancer, right? And uh, we heard that he had the best possible insurance uh, the U.S. could offer him. Uh, you know, he had a very good job and all of that. And during his treatment, uh, at probably the most premier institution in the world to get treated, let's not name names, right? We, we don't want to be liable for, liable for anything. After his treatment, which was some iodine treatment or something like that, uh, involved a small surgery as well, he was asked to walk home. One, because they didn't have any rooms to keep him in the best insurance. Two, because he was apparently radioactive thanks to this uh, iodine treatment, so he couldn't take public transport home. And then he had to isolate himself in a bedroom in his home, right? This is New York. We, th we think it could be the best medical uh, services or treatment in the world. Another anecdote, and I have a few of these, and, and I think it's important to kind of narrate these so that we have perspective about our Indian uh, situation. Let's go from New York to, say, California. My dear cousin there, right? Um, mother of three children. Uh, unfortunately, we get news one day that she's just collapsed and she's fainted, right? And one thing leads to the other. We find out she's had a leak in her spinal fluid. There's some situation like that. Over here in India, what would you do, Pattu, right? You'd call over close family and friends. They'd take you to a hospital and you'd get attended to. In her case, in California, she got an appointment with the specialist 45 days later, right? That was the only available slot. Let's go quickly to London, where I was on a holiday and my dad, because we were walking so much, as is, uh, you know, the practice when you go abroad for holidays, you keep walking, walking. We hear London has amazing free uh, medical treatment for all its citizens, right? It, free healthcare. And it's an amazing concept. Perhaps we'll deal, about, uh, deal with that a bit in the episode as well. We go there and we're sitting in the waiting room, which is great, right? You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to register. But then an accident victim comes in, a biker, and I really, my heart bleeds for him. And he was literally bleeding, right? His leather jacket was ripped, and it's very tough to rip a leather jacket. You could see his entire body was in, and he was moaning and groaning. And he sat there for two hours, and I went up twice to the count and said, he's had an accident, he's in an immense amount of pain. He said, don't worry about it, he's not going to die. Uh, he will get his turn, and he will get an end to when he gets his slot. And my last anecdote in Singapore, when my kid fell ill, we didn't know what the process was. We went to go check up my daughter. I mean, when your child is sick, you don't think about anything. You don't think about money. You go to a doctor, get it checked out. And it was a simple consultation. It was a regular cold. These were the times of COVID, etc., etc. Right? So you want to be safe. And just that consultation, let's not name the number, but it was incredibly expensive. You could have done an entire surgery in India for that amount of money, right? So with that all being said, in these most advanced countries, uh, with that as the backdrop of this episode, do you feel as grateful as I do, Pattu, for the situation we are in in India where everything is so accessible and affordable? I'm absolutely grateful. Uh, yes, uh, you need to go to the other side to appreciate uh, the kind of facilities that we have. And uh, of course, our, our health system is far from um, perfect and it is also becoming more and more uh, capitalistic but 
still, relatively speaking, you still have access to uh, emergencies as well as uh, advanced facilities, uh, at least for those who can afford it. And even for those who can't, there are many doctors who can, you know, uh, manage them without, uh, you know, uh, giving them expensive treatment and to, to a reasonable extent. So we should be thankful for what we have. You know, I think about our Indian situation where you just have to ask around. You send out a message and everybody is willing to help. You, then before you know it, you're on WhatsApp with probably the world's leading surgeons or the world's leading consultants. Um, and of course, if you have the right insurance, and that's the caveat and that's what this show is all about, the Indian medical system is something to be very grateful for, right? So my first question, Patu, how much medical insurance should a person have? Is there a calculation that you have since, you know, it's free FinCal, there's always a calculator you have up your sleeve for? <laughs> uh, I'm afraid uh, that's a, a difficult question to answer. And um, I think as much as you can afford is the short answer I can give you. Um, and there's really no uh, number that I can provide you with. But, uh, but I would say, I mean, there are some estimates like 25% uh, of your annual income is a good number. 50% of your annual income is a good number. But ultimately, uh, what you can afford is what will limit what you can buy. So, uh, uh, I would say 20-25% of your annual income is what you should target initially. But then it will increase later. So, you're saying the cover that you buy, the 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 complete sum assured, or I'm not sure if I'm using the right terminology, but the amount of insurance you buy should at least be 25% of your yearly income. I think that's a great yes. benchmark to start with, right? To uh, start and I'm with, yes. And I'm sure that's very affordable. Do we have a quick calculation of how much that 25% would cost in terms of yearly earning? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it depends. Um, it depends a lot on the health of the person, the, the weight, the age, uh, um, is he or she a smoker, a drinker, the kind of uh, uh, pre-existing conditions that they have and so on. And what they're going to buy, are they going to buy it for themselves individually or are they going to buy a kind of a floater insurance policy to cover the family and so on. Um, but I would say it won't exceed 10% of the cover value, approximately. Excellent benchmarks to start this episode with. Thank you for that. So, a cover of 25% of your yearly income should be your bare minimum. And it probably will cost you 10% of that as a as the premium. All right, Patu, now we have a lot of stuff to unpack and you've made a lot of notes. Would the first ideal question uh, be what to consider before buying insurance? Is that a fair starting point? And, Absolutely. and I think you have a lot to unpack. Uh, yeah, so I would say um, health insurance is a necessary evil. Um, it's necessary because there's a saying that uh, most families are just one hospitalization away from poverty mm. or away from, you know, going one step below their social station. It can completely change the uh, dynamics of a family. So health insurance is absolutely necessary, at least until one has enough wealth. I mean, if one has crores and crores of wealth, then you don't need health insurance. I mean, you can, uh, if your network depletes a little bit, you're not going to bother too much. But until that time, which is going to be forever for most of us, everybody needs a, a good chunk of health insurance. So it's absolutely necessary. But it's also, in a way, 
uh, evil maybe that's a uh, stretching it a little too much but um, i'll explain why i say that i would say buying health insurance is the toughest purchase in personal finance uh, uh, the, the reason is the following so let's compare life insurance and health insurance in the case of life insurance we have talked about life insurance in the series before we said all you need is a simple term life insurance and uh, obviously to stay uh, you're just going to make one claim in a life insurance policy and when the claim is made typically the guy who bought it won't be around mm. right the the breadwinner yeah. is the one yeah, who's going right. uh, who's they won't be around so it doesn't matter he, i mean so uh but in the case of health insurance the situation is very very different you're going to have a health insurance policy for the next let's say you buy it around the age of 30 you're going to have it for the next 40 45 years and during that period uh you and your family can claim at least 5 to 10 times right you're going to make claims uh, i mean i've had a, a health insurance policy since 2007 when my father was diagnosed with cancer i realized he didn't have health insurance i ran and got myself one i i uh, and uh, since then we have made multiple claims we have already made five claims six claims uh, uh, amongst the family right so uh, that's easily so you're going to make you're going to claim multiple times and which means that you need to be aware of every word in the terms and conditions of the policy so the first thing is that people should read terms and condition ins and outs and they should know the basics of uh, the basic definitions like some insured what is a copay what is a deductible etc etc there are uh, there's a huge book you can uh, book full of definitions for health insurance you need to know what they are and um you the most important point is you need to buy health insurance as early as possible particularly for your parents if your parents are less than 60 and somehow you managed to get them covered under your company policy uh, the employer provides this under certain conditions and so on but uh, it's better to have an individual cover for a uh, private cover for them so you need to go and get it as soon as possible uh, before they hit 60 because Time if they is hit the 60 essence. then yes and uh, it's going to become expensive and uh, they may get some conditions they may develop some health issues and uh, most insurers today and i'll explain why most insurers today are looking to cover only healthy guys they do and not I guess there's want a huge financial angle to that absolutely uh, it's not very difficult to understand why right uh, they don't want people with pre existing conditions and even if those con- uh, pre existing conditions they look at how liable they would be uh, down the line and only then they give the cover uh, they would increase the premium for such people but generally they want to create a healthy pool of uh, the insured so uh, when you're young typically you are the probability of you having a pre existing condition is less typically and therefore that's the time to buy once you develop something for example hypertension uh, cholesterol uh, diabetes some some kind of uh, issue then uh, the health insurer would either say i will not cover you or 
they would say i will cover you but i will exclude any hospitalization that comes because of your condition that you are having because of that pre existing condition or they can load the policy significantly so the the cost will become high so uh, and um, also let's say you have a 5 lakh insurance cover and then you uh, become diabetic and you want to increase this cover to let's say 7 lakhs or 10 lakhs the insurer would say no hmm 5 lakhs is all you're going to get so and is uh, that it's important to is that legally sound for them to refuse you a higher cover even if you're willing to pay for it yes absolutely absolutely all right so the, so much to unpack but I mean, to sorry i'm going to keep interjecting uh you know i did a quick google search while you were talking about and that then that statement stuck with me a lot of indian families are one hospitalization from financial ruin right so i did a quick search about what are the percentage of indian families who actually buy medical insurance and it's as low as 14% in jammu and kashmir maharashtra is at barely at 20% delhi is at 25% karnataka improves a bit to 30% and you reach a very high percentage i would say in rajasthan at 88% andhra pradesh at 80% is it all down to the lack of you know education the lack of knowledge that medical insurance is so difficult or is there something else that we're completely missing uh it, it depends also there are many people who believe the health insurance is a scam um they believe that these these guys are out to make money they won't pay claims um they will they only collect premiums and they won't have, they won't have pay when you actually need the uh, money and so on to a certain extent i agree with it but that's why i said it's a necessary evil so um com- coming to my next point uh buying health insurance is like being in the middle of a dolak you know the instrument dolak uh, the thing <laughs> where you bang on both sides na yeah. it's like being in the middle of that because you're caught between two corporate establishments one is the hospital who is trying to get as much money from you as possible as much money from the insurer as possible and the other is the insurer who is uh, trying to pay as little as possible to you and to the hospital so you are caught between these two guys mm. and that's the evil so you have to negotiate that evil with awareness there's no other way uh, because uh, unless you have crores and crores of net worth you can't say i don't need insurance i don't need health insurance right that's uh, so you need it but the you need to fight both these guys and the way to fight these establishments is by awareness to know your rights to know the terms and conditions of the policy and of course when you apply for the policy no matter what that agent tells you you should tell the truth many times health claims get rejected because people fudge details they uh, they say no no i am only a pre diabetic i am not a diabetic i mm. i don't know what uh, i i don't care what the medical community thinks but there is no such thing as a pre diabetic in my book either you are a diabetic or you are not it's it's just binary so if you are a pre diabetic you have to in, you have to include it i mean you can't say my my hypertension is i took tablets for hypertension 5 years ago then it was cured hypertension getting cured uh, i don't think even people in the medical community would accept that because there'll always be some 
uh, you know, uh, ling lingering uh, thing of the disease and you will have to check yourself periodically. So, look at it from the point of view of the insurer. If you are the insurer and I told you I took tablets five years ago, I'm cured now, you'd still, you know, view the whole thing uh, with suspect, right, with suspicion, right? So, so, that's the problem. So, you have to be upfront and you have to be aware of what your uh, rights are and what the terms and conditions in the policy is. So, because of this situation, it's extremely easy to buy a policy. The insurer will lay down the red carpet for you, but it is typically hard to claim. Uh, because, because what I said, uh, in, in the case of life insurance, the person is going to die only once. But in the case of health insurance, they're going to claim multiple times. Hmm. And because of that, uh, if the pool of buyers, they are unhealthy or in the sense that there are too many claims and the, uh, the money is just uh, now going away from the insurer. It's a loss-making business, yeah. It's, a, it's an extremely loss-making business, you said it. Therefore, they are going to make it as hard as possible to claim. Uh, and uh, they are now making it as hard as possible to buy also. That's the reason why I said you need to buy early when you are healthy. When you're, If you are healthy, you, I mean, you can get it, no questions asked. If you have issues, then everybody will say, no, no, get some, uh, ask somebody else. That's the... Okay, speaking uh, about buying, Pattu, and I'm sure uh, Rajesh will put a lovely Dholak track underneath that particular section and we'll use it for our promo bite. Uh, but talking about buying, and you mentioned agents as well, or brokers or whatever the right terminology for them is, would you recommend buying it through a broker that perhaps you trust or you get to know versus buying it directly online? Is have you is there any thought behind that? Uh, because I have some personal experience with that and perhaps I'll get to that. But what is your initial answer to that? See, the problem is that when people say, I want to buy through a broker or an advisor or an agent or whatever you want to call them, they think that these guys are their secretaries, their personal secretaries, that they don't need to read the terms and conditions. They don't need to worry about uh, what to do when you when a claim arises. Everything will be taken care of by the these agents or advisors. That is wrong, right? I mean, uh, these agents or advisors, they're just looking for a chunk of commission from you. It's just a sales. Once they close the sales, they are no longer obligated to help you. Of course, they will. Typically, people do help, but I mean, they help ignorant people. That's my problem. I mean, there are, there are many people who say, oh, I've got this uh, hospitalization. They call their agent and say, help me claim. And they won't do anything. They won't lift a, you know, a, a sheet of paper and read it. And they want everything done. That kind of situation is wrong. You can't, uh, you know, use them as a substitute for the kind of work that you need to do. You can't say, I'm not going to read these policies. I will just get somebody... And also, how do you find a trusted advisor? Mm. It's, uh, you see, I know a person who, I don't want to name him, uh, he's extremely uh, knowledgeable. He's an, he's an uh, you know, mutual fund uh, agent. But I know from acquaintance that um, this person knows what he's talking about. This person can fight with these companies uh, and get the claims in our favor. And But I, I knew that for a few years. I observed that person for a few years. And only then I got 
a second insurance. My uh, health insurance portfolio is quite complex. We'll maybe talk about that sometime. But uh, I uh, I got that for my wife and uh, kid. I got a second health insurance policy through that person. But I I knew that you don't get that kind of uh, you know um, acquaintance with an advisor typically. So how do you know somebody is trusted? You usually some friend says you go and buy through this guy, that guy, and so on. But that friend. Uh, them, themselves, they would not have time uh, and they would not have the experience of claiming. Right? So, this is the big problem. So, uh, we will talk about that later. But typically, yes, it, if you can find somebody who is trustworthy, it's probably okay to go with them. But the landscape is changing. The regulator has now come up with a direct option for uh, insurance. Of Just course, there was a direct option. Is what you mean. Yes, it, it was already there earlier. But the regulator has mandated that it be uh, less expensive because the, there's no commission that has to be paid out in such cases. Right. So, so in that our personal experience, Pattu, uh, and God bless Mr. Sanjeev Gandhi, if he ever listens to this podcast, he's really helped. Uh, you know, my parents have had some serious illnesses and serious surgeries and serious treatments. And it's just so reassuring to know that we can call him up. And although we have read our policies, we know what to expect and what not to expect. I think we need him the most when we're in hospital and it's that final day for claiming, right? The doctor has discharged you, but the amount of hours you just have to sit in that room, keep waiting, keep waiting for the, the hospital to release you because they're waiting for communication from the insurance company. And that for me, time in and time out has been the most painful part of the entire process, right? You have a healthy patient, you're dying to go home, he's been released or she's been released at nine in the morning. And you're just not allowed to leave, right? So that's a small thing that I really bless him for. And just the advice as well. So, but you, perhaps this is anecdotal and you and you correctly said, how do you find a trustworthy person? Perhaps it's just sheer luck. But it's glad to know that, uh, oh, by the way, I must uh, underscore this particular example by saying when I had to buy my own personal insurance, I know he existed and I know he was helping my parents and yet I bought it directly online from another private insurance company, right? I didn't go through him. And ironically, the private insurance company, when I was hospitalized, put me in touch with somebody who, are, who I've been in touch with for several years now, when, who helps me, right? So both are, have their pros and cons, I guess. And if you have to buy it now, as uh, Patu says, the regulators have allowed online direct purchase of insurance policies. Um, but if you can find somebody trustworthy, nothing like it. But uh, not, when there's no substitute to reading and understanding the term because most of us are lazy. The problem is we just uh, we buy and we think that just because we have bought the policy, uh, we just ask for a claim, they're going to give it. That's not going to happen. That's not the way uh, insurance works, any kind of insurance works. We need to be aware of what we are uh, doing. And uh, in certain cases, I, I know uh, that these advisors have kind of arm twisted the insurers by saying, look, they have deny a claim and then say, look, you pay this claim, I will get you more business. Hmm. So that kind of an arrangement is there. For the individual, it's okay. But as a, I mean, uh, that's not a good thing to happen for the whole ecosystem, right? I mean, you can't arm twist insurers and say, uh, to saying, pay claims, then I'll get you more business. That's a bad thing. So that's why I said it's a, it's a very... 
I'm not I'm not comfortable at all uh, in dealing with uh, uh, any kind of intermediaries. But uh, in health insurance, sometimes it's it's definitely uh, helpful to some people. But whether you go via an intermediary or direct, you have to read the terms and conditions. There is no substitute for that. And um, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about is that because, like you said, rightly said, it's a loss-making business. Um, today, let's say I, I'm a new insurance company, right? And uh, you are an established pay player. You have a huge market share. And I want to draw market share away from you. So what do I do? I introduce a benefit that you are not offering. Absolutely. And, uh, right? I, so then people will come and buy. And maybe even some of your customers will port from you to me because of that benefit. I, I'll be happy and, and you know, uh, increase my, uh, my pool of insured. But after some time, as my claims experience becomes, you know, higher and higher, as, as I'm paying out more and more money, I realize that that benefit is no longer sustainable. And I can happily withdraw that benefit to both the existing policies as well as new policies which I'll sell. So, wow. uh, uh, so all that cannot happen in life insurance. In in health insurance, any of those nice freebies that you see, this discount, that discount, restore benefit, that benefit, this all these are basically you know they're, they're just trying Marketing to get you in. Once they get you in, and one yeah, once the claim experience is bad for the insurer, they will happily tick off, remove those uh, benefits, and say. This is how it is. And they will increase the premium by a huge amount. I have seen premium increases of 300%. Wow. In, in both private and, yeah. and, 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 it, and COVID has only made it bad. It was already happening uh, before COVID. And because of COVID, there was a rush of claims. And uh, there, there were, I mean, many, of, many people lost. Uh, for example, there's one company that has lost all the premiums they collected in a year, they lost it to claims. So basically, they, that year they made no profit. So what do you do? You change, you tweak your policies, you make your policies more expensive. And this company is now paying for the mistakes they did. I, I have seen their agents sell left, right and center, not ticking those pre-existing uh, disease boxes, not uh, you know disclosing mandatory information. And that's the problem. So, if you want money, uh, if you, uh, you, uh, you, you know, you offer benefits and if you want to keep making money, you remove those benefits. So, that's why I said it's a necessary evil. It's a very um, uncomfortable marriage by, uh, you know, uh, buying health insurance and renewing it. It seems like a topic part two that we say a few things and then 10 more questions keep forming in my head, right? And I'm sure in the heads of the, uh, the watchers and listeners, and it's such a fascinating topic because, as I said, the more you speak about it, the more questions you have. On that note, as we put an end to part one of medical insurance here on Let's Get Rich with part two, uh, part two, any final things? I think the number one top of mind question I have is, what are the most important things to read in that policy document and take note of? If you can quickly kind of name them and then we'll address them perhaps in part two next week. Um. I think the first thing to appreciate is, well, there's, there's a lot of ground to cover and I don't think I can do it uh, um, 
maybe top three things that you should keep your eyes out for, and we'll deal with the why uh, in next episode. Okay, so the 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 first let's talk about two things. So let's say you have got a policy. We'll worry about what to do before you buy the policy in the next episode. But let's say you have a policy for those people who do have it. And this can also be the group insurance policy that the employer provides. The first thing that we should understand is that the cashless benefit that these guys talk about, where you go to a hospital and you tell them, this is my insurance card. Um, get me the cashless benefit. No deposit benefit, required, the, nothing. Yeah. A hospital. Yes, there's no money. You don't need to pay any money uh, for the bulk of the hospitalization. But that is not your right. Just because you have a policy doesn't mean you, you by right can demand cashless benefit. If oh, the insurer finds something amiss, uh, maybe the hospital is charging more than uh, what their experience is for that kind of treatment. Or if there's something amiss in your policy document or the information you have provided, they will say, we have denied cashless without prejudice. You can uh, you pay for the hospitalization bill and then you apply for reimbursement. We will give it to you. And at the, when you apply for reimbursement, they will ask you for this and that document. That's a different story. But cashless is not a right. Meaning, just because I have a 25 lakh health insurance policy, that means nothing. Uh, because if you go to the hospital and you say, I, I have a, you have a 5 lakh bill, you have to pay it. You can't depend on the insurer uh, if they say cashless is denied. So uh, uh, an emergency fund to handle these, these sudden hospitalizations is mandatory. You can't say it's okay. I have health insurance. It will be taken care of. That is the big mistake that people do. The other mistake that people do is there's something called as non-medical expenses. And that's a, that's a PDF document that runs... 10 pages in small font. So there's something like it can amount to 10% to 20% of the bill depending on the kind of uh, hospitalization they're in for. They, there's a long list. I've just written some of them. Admission charges, disinfectants, vaccination, urine bags, hospital gowns, uh, personal gloves. care items, gloves, surgical bandages, gauze, blades, and so on and so on. All these are excluded by all insurers. Yeah. So you still need money to pay for that. So a 10 lakh hospitalization, and you, you have 20%, you still have to pay. So you can't say I have health insurance. It's not some uh, uh, magic uh, bullet. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not an yeah, it's not a magic bullet. Yeah. So you still need money to cover that. So the rest we can talk about in the next episode. Yeah, you look at that list, and I've always looked at that list during hospitalization hospitalization and most importantly during the discharge process and you say then what is covered you know you claim it's cashless you've got this high cover you've got these fantastic policies and I still have to pay for what right so going back to basics is what Patu does always make sure you have that emergency fund in place and listen to our previous episodes if you want to know more but that's why we call it a close on this first part of medical insurance discussions please keep your questions coming in please keep your comments, questions, suggestions for the following topics on Let's Get Rich with Patu coming in. You know where to write to us at. You know where to call us on. And till we see you next week, stay healthy and we'll ask you how you're doing next week as well. Thanks, Patu. Bye-bye. You just heard Let's Get Rich with Patu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and 
perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly: Harshli Nisrani, Krishank Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Pattu his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Siddhant, your host. Let's get rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts. So spread the word, and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Pattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. 